Looking for a unique online gaming experience? Well, Golden Nuggets Online Live Dealer Games are changing the way people play online in New Jersey. Broadcast live from an exclusive studio at the Golden Nugget Atlantic City and streamed directly to you, the player, on your smartphone or your laptop, Live Dealer creates a true casino floor experience online. The dealers even have their own unique personalities, talking to you as they deal the cards. It's almost like being in the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. And as long as you're within the New Jersey limits, you can play from wherever you happen to be or on the go. Tablet, phone, or desktop, wherever you are, you can enjoy the live dealer experience. Play Golden Nuggets online live dealer today in real time, seven days a week, now from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Blackjack, roulette, baccarat, all live in real time on GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Get started today at GoldenNuggetCasino.com and take part in the newest and most unique online gaming experience a casino can offer. Golden Nuggets Online Live Dealer, truly the next evolution of online gaming. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey only, problem gambler, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today... The game is different with author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, everyone. Welcome to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. We have two guests. We're going to have uh, one of my favorite people in the poker world. He is a writer, a professional poker player, also a musician. We're going to hear some of his music. His name is Tommy Angelo. He'll be talking about his new book, Painless Poker. And then we'll also talk to him a little bit about what he thinks it takes to be a professional poker player. And then we're going to talk to somebody from the other end of the gambling spectrum, somebody who's starting out. He is a table game inventor. He has a great game to talk about. It's called Money Suit 31. His name is Brent Weiss. And we'll be talking to him. And, of course, we'll have a mailbag segment. So stay tuned. Two very good guests. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards. Do you wake up with a sore neck or a bad back? Or maybe you just had an awful night's sleep? Must be the bed, right? Well, maybe it's not your bed. Maybe it's your pillow. That's why I use MyPillow. And now there's a great new deal being offered by the folks at MyPillow. For a limited time, House of Cards listeners can receive a special offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listeners tab, and use promo code CARDS or call 1-800-319-7913 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 40% off of two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows, MyPillow.com with promo code CARDS. Now you've heard the commercials about the 60-day money-back guarantee, the 10-year warranty, and its patented interlocking fill. But really, get MyPillow because you deserve a restful, deep, comfortable, and healing sleep. That's the radio listener special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, strategy questions that could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at House of Cards Radio. 
www.twitter.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them. And of course, if they are particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of Mailbag, info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. listeners I, I feel like i'm on an npr show after listening to that what beautiful music uh it's the music of tommy angelo who is a multi-talented guy he was a musician he was a poker player a professional poker player for 15 years he's now a coach and a writer he's written a new book we're going to talk to him his new book is called painless poker I'm into about a little less than a quarter of it. I'm on page 97, and I love this book. It is a spotlight on the world, the sick kind of uh, world of, that poker players get in, uh, and we're going to have him talk about it. So before, I'm not going to talk about it. So my, I just want to say, Tommy, are you there? I'm here, Ash. Tommy Angelo writer. So tell us about your background first, and then let's get into how you started this book. What's your background? Um, well, I got hooked on poker when I was 14, and been that way ever since. Um, played recreationally for 15 years. I went pro when I was 30. That was back in 1990. And I grinded for seven years in uh, basement games, and then I moved to California and grinded out there for six or seven years before the poker boom hit. And then when that happened, I had already been writing articles and already had a little bit of a good reputation at 2 plus 2 from posting. And I was kind of on the front wave of the need for instruction. And right away, I started uh, putting together a program for experienced players that dealt with all the issues besides just how to bet and when to fold and all that. Because there are a lot of people discussing that and learning about that and I felt I had a, uh, it was in a good position to help people with tilt and boredom and, um, you know, table presence and all of these other things to do with poker. So I coached that for a couple of years. That gave me an enormous amount of material, uh, which I put into my first book called Elements of Poker in 2007. That book was well received and also gave my potential, my future clients a, a good head start on what my whole thing was about. And then as a result of that, I coached some heavy hitters, Phil Galfon, David Benefield, Jay Rosencrantz, and some others. And they put out the word among the pros that they did, you know, they had a good experience with me. And so after Elements of Poker came out, most of my clients were professionals or serious amateurs. And so I spent less and less time on betting strategy with my clients and more and more time on all the other stuff. So two more years of doing that full time resulted in another enormous amount of material that I had. And I started to compile it into a book around 2010 and came up with this idea for Painless Poker, which I'll tell you about in a second. And that was in 2010. So I've been working on this book for seven years consistently, the last seven years. And it's taken a couple different turns. Um, So that's basically how we got up to writing of this book. Okay. Uh, I think the first thing that potential readers should know is that the title, Painless Poker, if not intentionally ironic, surely is ironic because at least for the first 97 pages, um, it's all about the pain of the bad beat, the pain of uh, just good hands not cashing, uh, the pain that is associated with poker. Tell us the setting of the book and whether the title was intended to be ironic. Well, the title is uh, 
people's reaction oftentimes is, you know, chaos poker, that's impossible, or, you know, is this a common thing or whatever. Um, yeah, you're about 100 pages in, and the first part of the book is about the pain, you know, some of the, like, playing bad, you know, is another one, and just boredom. I define pain here not just about the big spikes of losing pots, but also in all the small things, just the boredom and dissatisfaction and all the different types of ways that we can be unhappy at poker. So the first part of the book is about the pain, and, and the, the title uh, is related to the setting of the book. Most of the book takes place in a fictional setting called the Painless Poker Clinic. And at this clinic, I teach a, uh, I teach a two-day seminar to seven archetypal poker players, and the catch is that they were all beamed into the clinic at the moment of greatest pain. So you have uh, you know, a, a really hot shot nosebeat player, you got an online grinder, you got a stoner who's a live grinder, you got a guy who's a family man, all he wants to do is play poker on the weekend. So I tried to represent all the various types of players with these seven players, but not just their personality types, but the types of pain that they experience. And I, I, really, I literally created these characters by starting with a, 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 basically a spreadsheet of poker pains and sort of assigning them to various people. So, so I'm in this room with these seven people who didn't volunteer to be there, and, and, and we talked for two days. And so the book goes through the examination of pain itself, and then what can we do to undo the pain and minimize the pain? And then part three of the book is basically what to do about it, how we can actually do that. And... Uh, so the, uh, one of the things that I think drives the story and makes it interesting for people and relatable is that each of these characters at the clinic, they tell their stories about what they were doing when they beamed in it, and we call it their beam-in story. And it's like all poker, all poker players have this. They have one or two times they can remember that, like, this is the most painful moment of my life. So each of these characters tells their story, and that's how you get to know them and get to really relate to who they are. I see. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Forget about April showers. At Borgata, it's raining cash. At Borgata's Spring Poker Open, April 18th through May 5th. It's spring, and Borgata is giving you another reason to make the season green by bringing your A-game to Borgata Poker. Borgata Spring Poker Open features over 39 heart-pounding events, beginning with a $1 million deep stack kickoff event and ending with the live-streamed $1 million guaranteed championship event. Plus, Borgata is giving away onesie to the Borgata Spring Poker Open Championship online at theborgata.com. Don't forget to qualify online for as little as $5 at Borgata. BorgataPoker.com. Spend some of the season in the great indoors. At the Borgata Spring Poker Open, April 18th through May 5th. Complete tournament details available at theborgata.com. Must be 21 or older. Online gaming available in New Jersey only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the House of Cards. It wasn't just a friendly home game, huh? Poker is no longer a hobby, it's a profession. As far as these kids are concerned, desk jobs are for suckers. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host. Uh, Listeners, I just want you to know if you tuned in late, uh, we are talking with poker writer, coach, and player, Tommy Angelo, who's just written, I wouldn't say just written, he's been working on and has finally completed and published uh, a wonderful book called Painless Poker. Uh, Let me ask you a personal question, Tommy. Do you have a story of your own greatest poker pain? Well, um, yes, that's what chapter one is. That, that whole story that you read about me going to St. Louis and all that. Well, give us, um, give us a taste. Give our listeners a taste of, your, sure. uh, of one of your own stories. Okay. Well, the first chapter of the book is um, called My Longest Drive. And the way it's laid out is that <laughs> it was a, I went to St. Louis three times in the summer of uh, 
1995. I was living in Columbus, Ohio, and I was going down there to play. And I crossed in the first week, crossed in the second week, and they had this, this big pot limit game. And, uh, um, well, I, yeah. So it, the third week I went down there, obviously, you know, this is a big story of pain, but the details about it are, are really excruciating of how I lost all my money and all this. It was such a perfect storm. All these perfect things had to happen. But the, the thing I really remember from that trip is the drive home because I kept pulling over every 10 minutes or half an hour because I was so depressed and I couldn't bear to be away. And, and, and that's really what happened. It took me 22 hours to drive home even though it was a seven-hour <laughs> drive. And that's what this chapter is about is you hear the story of, the, of what happened and then along the way you get my whole backstory and also I paint the picture of what the world of poker was really like back then. So there's a lot going on in chapter one. But yes. the really emotional part is, is my drive home and you and you get an insight into my racing mind of it, just the total insanity that I was in, the state of mind I was in after that. And, uh, yeah, that's my demon story, basically, right there. Well, I got to say, I well remember that part of the book. And what I found, this may be the wrong uh, adjective, but what I found delicious was <laughs> the way you created your your mind, what was going through your head, and the constant uh, feverish thoughts that you had that I, I understand what that's all about. And the other thing that I loved about the way you told the story or about the story itself is that it all took place in a casino that I wrote a review about in a poker room that I wrote a review about, which became, if not at the time, but became in my mind, one of the three worst run casinos in the United States, the presidential, it was the boat, right? In, uh, in St. Louis and the owners of it, I think they had another gambling project coming up. They were putting all of their money somewhere else and they totally allowed the boat to degrade so that a good quarter of the slot machines had handwritten, uh, not working signs on them. Uh, they had a, Uh they provided a spread it, for this for the poker players, but it was the most disgusting mm-hmm. array of <laughs> old uh, delicatessen meats that would be on oh, a tray God. in this separate room under lights, and the the saline that's used to kind of make the uh, deli meats way more when you buy it had all leached mm-hmm. out of it, and it was this right. awful, disgusting, low ceiling paint was cracking. Uh, area mm-hmm. and I I pictured that when I was reading your story of did, was it depressing even back then as a room do you remember no to me it was the most exciting place in the world I mean any <laughs> poker I'm serious I'm serious back then I you know I had been grinding full time five years and I was traveling around to these casinos playing poker I mean it any free food to me was gold back then. Really, I had no critical eye. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. You have coached a lot of players, and you, if I were to describe the kind of stuff you coach, it's the me- the meta game. It's the big picture. It's mm-hmm. you know people's mindset. Are there some people mm-hmm. who just absolutely should avoid the life of a professional poker player, people that you would say, you know what, do something else? Oh, yeah. I... I've coached at least two or three people into quitting poker altogether. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. For some people, it's just a bad mix, a really bad mix. And, you know, it, well, you got to keep in mind that people that come to me are coming for help of, of some sort, right? So I only talk to people who are willing to change and want to change. And somebody comes to me and we're looking everything over and over, it might even be over the course of a year or whatever. And I'm like, you know, maybe you should take a, Three months off, and then they take three months off, and then they're like, okay, I'm done. So, yeah, the answer to, you, to, to your question is, yeah, when people really, uh, you know, give me the comment, um, you know, they really want my feedback on what I really think is best for them, and sometimes the right answer is to just quit. I see. So we have a lot of listeners who I think are either wannabe or maybe uh, pros or semi-pros. Would you have any advice for a guy who's now he's winning in the basement games, he's winning in the home games, maybe not in the games that are the worst raked, but in any decently raked uh, one-two game, occasional two-five game, he's pulling down 
three to six, seven hundred dollars a week. He's not crushing it, but that's because mm-hmm. you know it's hard to really crush it in home games because you don't have the constant action. And he comes to you and he says, uh, "Do you think I have what it takes to really make my living at this?" Where do you start him off as a coach? Oh well, I would have to ask many, many questions, and I would have to play with him in the same game. This is part of my program. Uh, before I could really, I think, really offer that person good advice. But the general advice I would give to anybody who has already got their A game in shape to where they can, they think they can make money, you know, they can beat a lot of players, is that. Okay, that's great. You want to keep working on your A game, and that will increase your score. But for most players, once they get to that point, the place where they can improve their score the most, and I call this improving from the top up and the bottom up, is making their C game better. And, and you know, with eyes wide open and with as much awareness and honesty about their true nature as possible, really examine how consistently they play their A game. Because for players that have a good A game, the place for them to improve their win rate isn't just by making the A game better, it's by playing their A game more often. And to me, that is what defines a professional. And so that, what I tell guys is, you know, spend half of your improvement energy on improving your A game and spend half of your improvement energy on improving your C game. And really work on that hard. Make that a daily part of your poker practice. It's like, where are my leaks? What am I doing wrong? Go in every session thinking, okay, last time I played for... Nine hours, I know my optimum is seven hours. I'm going to quit after seven hours. Whatever it takes, keep working on that game. Please give your website <laughs> so people can get all your stuff. You are just about to ask that. Sorry. Um, so my website is TommyAngelo.com. i got some stuff going on there. If you buy any of my three books there, the print version, you get the ebook for free. And if you, uh, at the checkout page, there's a, box that says discount. If you type in Tommy, T-O-N-Y, you'll get a $5 discount off any order. That's kind of related to this interview. And all print books are autographed. Terrific. In fact, the print book you sent me was autographed with a very nice little little saying in there, and I appreciate that. Because you're special. I did have fun in there, and uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you said that it's for our kind. I think so. Very good. So TommyAngelo.com, type in Tommy for a $5 discount, and if you purchase any of your books, you get the ebook for free. What a good deal. Listeners, that's Tommy Angelo, the author of a new book, Painless Poker. I, uh, I encourage all of you to read it. I'm having a ball. We're going to take a time out, and then we'll be right back, so stay tuned. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a -a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now, you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a Pro Caliber Poker Table. Here's how. Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, that's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER. 24025 poker that's 2402576537 pro caliber poker tables stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for Konica, the German shepherd that I rescued, was stinky, skinny, and scrawny, full of skin rashes and scratching. And I started feeding Konica Dynavite, and he became such a happier, itch free, stink free dog. I dug deeper into the website. D I N O V I T E dot com. What if, in addition to Dynavite, we do the raw beef and the egg diet and see what happens? Forget all these 50 pound bags, the formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits that cost a ton of money, anyways. This dog's as close to a wolf as you can get. They're carnivores. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and Super Omega on top of it, it just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> 
Hey, if you're thinking about rescuing a dog, you got to start them out on Dynavite, D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The 21st Annual East Coast Gaming Congress is back this year at Harris Conference Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey on May 24th and 25th. Join casino and iGaming industry CEOs and leaders from all over the United States as they come together to network, learn, and experience one of the East Coast's biggest gaming events of the year. Hot Topic panels and forums will discuss fantasy sports, skill-based gaming, the future of gaming, and so much more. So if you're all in, visit ecgc.us to register for your all-access pass to this two-day conference. Register before April 24th for a discounted rate. Group registrants receive a discounted price per person. That's the 21st Annual East Coast Gaming Congress at Harris Conference Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey on May 24th and 25th. Head on over to ecgc.us for more information and to register for this year's event. That's the 21st Annual East Coast Gaming Congress at Harris Conference Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey. See you there. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com and don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. Looking for a unique online gaming experience? Well, Golden Nuggets Online Live Dealer Games are changing the way people play online in New Jersey. Broadcast live from an exclusive studio at the Golden Nugget Atlantic City and stream directly to you, the player, on your smartphone or your laptop, Live Dealer creates a true casino floor experience online. The dealers even have their own unique personalities talking to you as they deal the cards. It's almost like being in the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City. And as long as you're within the New Jersey limits, you can play from wherever you happen to be or on the go. Tablet, phone, or desktop, wherever you are, you can enjoy the live dealer experience. Play Golden Nuggets online live dealer today in real time, seven days a week, now from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Blackjack, roulette, baccarat, all live in real time on GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Get started today at GoldenNuggetCasino.com and take part in the newest and most unique online gaming experience a casino can offer. Golden Nuggets Online Live Dealer, truly the next evolution of online gaming. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey only, problem gambler, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is D-Boy Shuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards Gaming Report for the week of April 24th, 2017. The numbers are out and they have shown that March has been the best month ever for internet gaming in New Jersey. The Division of Gaming Enforcement stated that the casinos received over $221 million in revenue last month, which is a 9.3% increase from this time last year. Over the first three months of 2017, the revenue from online gaming is up 32% from 2016, which has led many to predict a record-setting year for revenue. A fire at the Bellagio late Thursday night closed Las Vegas Boulevard and the pedestrian bridges to Bally's and Caesars Palace. The blaze started around 11 p.m. in the Bellagio's shopping complex, causing approximately $400,000 worth of damage. Operations of the casino and the nearly 4,000 hotel rooms were not affected by the fire. And finally, a relatively unknown game is hitting the Las Vegas Strip. That game is Pickleball. Apparently, the game has been called Human-Sized Ping Pong, which combines elements of tennis and badminton with players using paddles and hitting something that resembles a wiffle ball. Last week, players participated in the Sin City Showdown at the Plaza, which has been called Pickleball Central. The Plaza, ladies and gentlemen, ground zero for pickleball. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Forget about April showers. At Borgata, it's raining cash. At Borgata Spring Poker Open, April 18th through May 5th. 
featuring the $1 million guaranteed opening and live stream championship events. Qualify online for as little as $5 at BorgataPoker.com. Borgata Spring Poker Open, April 18th through May 5th. Complete tournament details available at TheBorgata.com. Must be 21 or older. Online gaming available in New Jersey only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the House of Cards. Let's play. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, We have in the past had a number of people coming on and talking about games that are known as house games or table games. And we have a guest now who is going to do that. His name is Brent Weiss. He is a game inventor. And I think a lot of our listeners think, geez, you know, we have home games. And I often think, why don't we play this in a casino? And I'd like to talk to Brent about how he invented this particular game, what it's like, and what the process is for getting a great idea for a game to become a game that is adopted by a casino or casino. So without any further ado, uh, first of all, Brent, are you there? I am here, Ashley, and thank you guys for having me. So tell our listeners a little bit about your background. How is it you became a game inventor? Sure, no problem. It's actually kind of funny. My background is actually a little bit different than most game developers out there today, as I actually did not start with a gaming background. Now, I actually grew up playing the game 31 that my game is actually based off of with my friends growing up. And like you said, not all games are based on poker and so forth. Now, after spending some time in casinos, maybe even a little too much time growing up, I looked around and never saw anything on the floor that resembled the game 31 that I had grown up to love. Well, let me just so, stop you right there. First of all, I have, I've played a lot of games. I've mm-hmm. never heard of 31. Where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Long Island, New York. That's where I grew up. I grew up in Nassau County, Hempstead, Hicksville, and Westbury. I'm from Belmore, so we're actually close to being neighbors. And 31 was a game you played with your friends or your family or where? Primarily, I grew up playing with my friends in junior high school and high school. And did you? is this a gambling game, 31, like blackjack, or was it just played for fun or what? It's all, it was a gambling game that we played. It's played very similar to any sort of... Uh, any sort of poker game, almost like a go fish per se, where the way the game is is that a group of players like myself and my friends would sit around the table. Each player would receive three cards, and then the top card of the deck would get flipped over, and then the game would begin. Players would then draw cards off the top of the deck, and the object of the game is to combine the point value of suited cards to get a hand worth as close to 31 points as possible. And then when somebody achieves a hand they think is good enough, that player would then knock, and then players would expose their hands, and whoever has the highest hand of the table would win, and whoever had the lowest hand of the table would receive one out. Well, Brent, that game is nothing like Go Fish. That game is a combination (laughs) of blackjack and gin rummy, but it's nothing like Go Fish. No, that is true. I just like explaining it that way to explain that the home game is that players would continue to draw until somebody would actually get the cards that they are looking for until they get a suitable hand that they were comfortable with. I see. Okay. And tell us about how you turned that or why you turned that or how you even thought to turn that into a potential money-making opportunity of developing a casino game. Well, of course. Again, Based on what I said earlier, I had been in casinos for a decent amount of time in my life, and I'd never seen this game turned into a table game before. Now, as you were asking earlier, the process with creating games is a rather extensive and very thorough one. But basically, when I had walked around and never seen this game on the floor, and me and my friends being a large group of people playing this game, it didn't occur to me why this type of game could not work. So then, of course, I needed to kind of take off and run with that, you know, that idea and figure out how to turn it into an actual casino table game. And what did you so, do? What did you do to figure that? I mean, so you were not a game developer. What did you do for a living when you decided to turn this into a casino game? Well, actually, I had just graduated college for my undergrad. And like, like you had just said, I had no gaming experience. So I had to pretty much learn from the ground floor on how to create table games. So what I had done is I basically, just like any other person would do, I started researching online to see what goes into developing table games, and then I learned about, you know, the basic things such as house edge and hit rate and optimal strategy and so forth, and then started piecing together the very beginning stages of my game and tried to turn into a viable product. Now, 
even when you come up with a game, you know, it could be a great, great in theory, but obviously we need to make it fun enough for people where they would actually enjoy playing the game. So what I had done after doing some of this online investigation is I started doing the very raw math. Of course, I am not an actuary or a gaming mathematician. So my numbers were originally very raw, and, of course, I had to make sure that these numbers were appropriate. So basically what I had done is I put together the basic game and then had my family play it. And some of my friends that grew up playing the game with me and said, hey, I have this great idea that I saw in my mind. Do you like this game, and do you think it's something that would work? Now, the original game, 31, is just, there's, there's no bonuses or any bonus suits in the game. And after the preliminary math that I had done, I realized that without any sort of bonus system, the game numbers did not seem attractive in terms of payouts for players and so on and so forth. So what I have then done is I created this new money suit jackpot system, which then created the ability to make very lucrative payouts for players, which is specifically what people are looking for with the carnival game. I see. So you modified the game to make it more appealing to players, but in the process you also retained the house advantage that allows the casino to make money on this because you're not doing this as a philanthropic gesture, how to enrich players, but you want something that would attract them to the game. Exactly. And now when it comes to the math, though, what I've actually learned over the years from a lot of people within the business that, you know, house edge is a wonderful thing, but there's also a very delicate balance between things like the house edge and then the hit rate on the game. And some games out there today, and what I mean by this hit rate, Ted, is that if a player is playing a game that has a very, very low hit rate, but it has a very low house edge, players aren't going to like the game because they're never going to win. A good way to explain this to people is we, we call it the penny slot effect where players like playing the penny slot machines because they tend to win often, even though they tend to not win very significant amounts. But the sheer aspect of winning constantly gives those players a very fun aspect of playing the game and makes them enjoy it more so than some of the older slot machines. I see. So did you get any partnership with uh, actuaries and people that could tailor it to do both of those things at the same time, have a high hit rate, have a... uh, house edge that made it profitable and attractive to the casino, but also had large enough prizes to make it exciting to the player? Well, I had actually gotten pretty lucky where I had done a lot of uh, marketing via things like gaming forums and so forth. And in that process, I had actually been introduced by many, I would call them non-professional gaming mathematicians that do certain things in their free time that they enjoy doing. And I luckily had, I wouldn't say paired up with somebody, but found somebody who was willing to help. And what he had done for me is he created spreadsheets for me where I could pretty much just mess around and implant certain payouts to see what the house edge would be, see what the hit rate would be. And then you basically just work with those numbers until you tailor it to the way that you feel is the, the best and most appropriate way, for, way it should be for a play. And then, of course, then you have to put it in action and then see if people enjoy it. And you've got to keep it simple enough so that somebody's not intimidated by more rules and payout tables and things than they can absorb in a, you know, a one. Exactly. I, I want, in fact, here's a question I have. How much time do they figure is the optimal amount of time for a player to get how to play the game? Well, that's a great question, and that's always one of the most important things to ask a game developer. The standard answer to that question within the business is that you need to be able to explain a brand-new game to somebody that has absolutely no idea what the game is within 30 seconds. If you can't do so, then you're going to be talking to this person. They'll be forgetting everything that you had told them within the minute, and there's no chance that person would have any idea of what's going on. And then when it comes to gameplay, a player should have a full understanding of the game within the first three hands of when they sit down at the table. Okay. Any longer is going to create confusion, and, of course, a lot of uh, negatives come from that. So, Brent Weiss, who's a table game inventor, I'm going to give you the test, the 30-second test. I don't know anything about this game. I'm a new potential player. I'm a poker player. I never play Mm -hmm. table games. What is, how do I play this game? Okay. So, Money Suit 31 is a very simple new game. The game is essentially a three-card game where the object is to combine the point values of multiple suited cards to get a hand worth 17 points or higher. Now, the only little nuance to the game is that because it's called Money Suit 31, every hand a bonus slash money suit is going to be determined, and if you develop your hand of that suit, you'll get paid more than the other three suits. And it's as simple as that. Oh, great. You did that in 26 seconds. Very good. So 
Have you sold the game? Is it now being leased out to any casinos? Is there any place where I can find it? Right now, unfortunately, in the U.S., we don't have any placements. We had actually had two former placements with the original version of the game. And as I had told you earlier, I started this when I was a little bit younger and rather inexperienced. So we had used those two initial trials to tailor the game, mess around with the math and so forth, and, uh, and change the procedures to make them more simple. Originally in the game, the first version, we had a family pot attached to it, like a game called Flop Poker, if you're familiar. But on paper, it's a wonderful thought, but in practice, it creates a, kind of a procedural nightmare where the dealers, it slows down the game. Dealers then have to figure out all these different things. And then we decided to, mid-trial, we decided to change that family pot out and put a standard side wager on the game. This made procedures super quick, super clean, and got rid of any confusion with that family pot that had existed beforehand. So where did you exist when you did exist? When we existed, we first started out in a very tiny, small Indian tribal casino in Southern California called the Augustine Casino out in Coachella. We then we changed the game slightly, and we actually had just come off the floor recently up to the Great Eagle Casino in Calgary, Alberta. And that's the trial where we actually had changed the rules in the, in the midst of the actual trial, which is something that will pretty much destroy player retention. But after discussing it with the casino management and myself and some associates, we all came to the conclusion that it was 100% the right decision to make the changes. So we just used the duration of that trial as a, a platform just to test the new procedures and then kind of decided now we have to get this game into somewhere else. So where are you looking to put it? Well, right now we have some pretty strong leads, actually, in a, in a few jurisdictions. Specifically, we have very strong contacts up in Ontario, Canada, specifically in the Niagara Falls area. We also have a very strong lead in Pennsylvania, in Louisiana, and we're also trying to get the game into Nevada, of course, as that's the ideal location. Well, I wish you well with that. And uh, in the meantime, I'm just curious, Brent, it's taken you from graduating in college to now to develop a game to the point where it may be soon entering some major markets. What do you do in the meantime as a game developer? Are you, you know, selling pizza? Are you uh, working for uh, McDonald's? What do you do to, to earn a living while you're trying to get this thing cooking? Well, it's kind of a funny question because actually I'm doing the complete opposite of earning a living, which I know actually Doug and Dan might appreciate it. I'm actually about to graduate this May from law school down in South Florida. <laughs> I see. Yeah, so I've been doing all this simultaneously, which, you know, creates a tad bit of anxiety. But it's uh, been a process, and with this gaming experience, I might also then get into the gaming law aspects of everything as well. Well, Brent, uh, inventor of Money Suit 31, I wish you well. And when you actually get cooking and you have some games out there that people are playing, come back on and we can talk about how successful you are and how you're a multimillionaire and how you don't even need to be a lawyer. Yeah, that would be a fantastic thing. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards. Do you wake up with a sore neck or a bad back? Or maybe you just had an awful night's sleep? Must be the bed, right? Well, maybe it's not your bed, maybe it's your pillow. That's why I use MyPillow. And now there's a great new deal being offered by the folks at MyPillow. For a limited time, House of Cards listeners can receive a special offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listeners tab, and use promo code CARDS, or call 1-800-319-7913 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 40% off of two MyPillow Premium Pillows and two Go Anywhere Pillows. MyPillow.com with promo code CARDS. Now you've heard the commercials about the 60-day money-back guarantee, the 10-year warranty, and its patented interlocking fill. But really, get MyPillow because you deserve a restful, deep, comfortable, and healing sleep. That's the radio listener special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. 
That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them. And of course, if they are particularly interesting, we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of Mailbag. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. You're listening to the House of Cards. I have three jacks and two sixes. What's that called again? A full house. What a cute name. A full house. Is that good? Yes, that means you win. <gasps> Again. Oh, God. This is almost embarrassing. What is that? Five in a row? What a lovely watch. Welcome back, listeners. This is my favorite segment when I get to chat with my producer, Dave Weishattel, who is in studio now, looking handsome as ever. Oh, thank you very much. What do we have, Dave? We have a great question from Sarah from Bradenton, Florida, who listens to us on WWPR. Just reminding you, if a member of our audience has a question for our mailbag, you can email us at info at houseofcardsradio.com, tweet us at HOC Radio, leave a message or text on the House of Cards hotline at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. And if we choose your question to answer on air, you'll receive a BorgataPoker.com baseball hat, a BorgataPoker.com t-shirt, a House of Cards custom poker chip, and a deck of official Hooters playing cards provided by our friends at Hooters of Princeton, New Jersey. She writes, recently the Riviera Casino in Las Vegas was demolished, which is sad because I remember going there in my younger days. I wanted to ask the guys, what was their favorite casino that's no longer in existence today? Uh, I, I love gotta, that question. <laughs> I know the answer to this question, but my favorite casino is not really my favorite, but it's the one that I think about when that question is asked. When I was in St. Louis about 10 years ago, okay. I visited the absolute most depressing, decrepit, horrible <laughs> casino ever to grace the planet, uh, the Presidential Casino. It was a riverboat, and it was – it had literally – Is it one of those riverboats that don't move? Yes. Okay. It's one of those riverboats that's okay. docked <laughs> per, uh, perpetually uh, and never goes out and just kind of stays there all the time to take advantage of state law at the time that allowed casinos only on the water. So they built them on the water. And it, it was so decrepit. They had uh, handwritten signs on about <laughs> a quarter of the slot machine saying out of order. They had a poker room in this depressing dark place with a couple of light bulbs in the ceiling being out. They had a, a pathetic buffet. It was a platter of deli meats that had sat out for so long that they were leaching out their salt water solution (laughs) and that they're sitting in water. Was anyone eating those or? No, No. (laughs) it was the most repulsive thing. You just, you didn't even want to see, but nobody was there to say, well, it's been here for a week. We better take it out. Um, So in a, 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 a kind of pathetic way, that would be my favorite casino that's closed. But the grandest casino that's closed is without question the Revel. That was amazing. I, we both were there, and it's just unbelievable. It's absolutely beautiful, and and it just it's sitting empty now. 
And it's, it's absolutely just, sitting for empty. For people that have never seen it, first of all, you should go on Google and, and look and for images of Revel Casino, Atlantic City. It is this monolith of black reflecting glass, all glass, many stories, right on in the most perfect location at the north of the Strip. The only casino to have its own beach, too. There you go. Way. And uh, it was... Uh, it was an awful failure from the very beginning. Even before the beginning, they talked about how this is going to be a failure because it was so badly run. Um, and it just never succeeded. And it cost billions. Billions. Right. Billions. Oh, my. Right. Do you have a favorite casino that closed? Yeah. It's sentimental for me. Growing up in Jersey, I remember the Claridge where yes. all, everyone went there. Yes. And how about in the mid-'80s or late-'80s was the Playboy Club. That massive that was that looked like the revel back then. You know, it was yes. all glass, standing right in the middle of the boardwalk, and uh, you know, all the waitresses were dressed like Playboy bunnies and things like that. It was typical '80s casino. Well, I could go on about all the casinos in Atlanta, in uh, Las Vegas that I used to go to. Riviera was one of those places where you thought would never close because it was just the center of a yeah, Vegas. I, really, I, you think? So? I didn't see that because it has so much nostalgia when they built, to it. When they built the Mirage, okay, and then they built the Bellagio and the Venetian and the Wynn and the Cosmopolitan. And the Aria. For me, when they went through that, the writing was on the wall for all of the old line casinos. The Sands, dead. Uh, the Sahara, dead. Uh, Circus Circus, that is done. <laughs> the Riviera, forget about it. The Star, all those places. To I got one that I loved and it just closed was the Frontier. You loved the Frontier. Quarter Margarita Night. Oh. Then they they had Mickey Gillies. Yes. <laughs> What's interesting to me about Las Vegas is that the first wave of casinos, the downtown casinos, have nothing. I mean, they are just the Golden Gate, mm-hmm. uh, the Four Queens. How do those places stay open when the Riviera dies, the Sands dies, Circus Circus is dying, all those places are dead? How does downtown do it? Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but they do. They get... Those tourists that focus on downtown amaze me. I mean, I know Binion's has a special place in my heart, although it's it's changed a lot. But the rest of that area, just I'm surprised they haven't just totally knocked it down and put up uh, high-rise condos. Thank you for joining us. Until next week, good luck and good day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.